It's March 3rd, 2024. I also would like to deal with Biden and Trump at the border. I'm Warren Hernandez. And I'm your local pro Kellogg cereal purchaser. I'm Savannah. And you're listening to a pre-recorded broadcast uh, from the River Flats of the greater Seattle area. This is Just Pledge, episode uh, 19. You know, the funny part about that is that I probably shouldn't have said uh right through the recording. No, it's not very professional. No, it's not. Well, we're not a professional podcast anyways. This is a... Uh, yeah, it's on brand. It's, <laughs> it's on, it's on, it's on You're brand. You're so close. It's on brand. A really perfect intro. We're not. We're not there yet. I hate the music. The we only need thing a, between us and every other newscast is, uh, is an uh. That's it. Uh, okay. It's the only difference. Uh, sounds good. A lot of things. A lot of things. There we go. Yeah. Uh, hello, Savannah. Hello. Uh, it looks like we, you, you did a lot of, uh, you have a lot of clips. I, okay. This so, is not fair though. Cause this was, this no, was outsourced there's, to there's someone a else. few, yeah. And there's a few of them that they only have like one clip mm-hmm. and there's a few, I, there's a few I went over time. I will admit. Yeah, I could. I know because we're recording. And then there's so late. a few. No, I mean like in the clip length. Oh, by how much? Not too bad. No, I don't believe you. Uh, okay, we'll find out. How do you want to get started? Do you want me to go first? Do you want you to go first? I think we should go with the duel, if you don't mind me. Yeah, sure. Okay, we Sounds got more a, interesting. We got a Biden duel. Uh, a, a duel of of two two old men dueling it out at the border. Uh, this is ABC. We begin tonight with those dueling visits to the southern border. President Biden and Donald Trump both there late today, just demonstrating how significant this issue is with the presidential election this November. President Biden traveling to Brownsville, Texas, urging Republicans to reconsider that bipartisan Senate border bill killed by Republicans in the House at the urging of Donald Trump. It was considered the strongest bipartisan immigration security plan in years. Donald Trump, meanwhile, in Eagle Pass on the Rio Grande. Is that true? Is that truly the the most the uh, most effective and 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 robust bill in years? I mean, I, I. I mean, that's what they keep saying. Yeah, I've been hearing that numerous times. Well, it's about to get a little more interesting as we listen along. Uh, it won't be an ABC because they're they're really trying to take a dump on Trump, which kind of defeats my my narrative that. Um, and other narratives that I've heard of potentially putting Trump into office. Um, but, but, but I guess we'll keep listening. River calling it a very dangerous border saying president Biden is to blame president Biden with a different approach with an invitation to Donald Trump asking Trump to help urge Republicans to get this done. Biden arguing this is about serving the American people and addressing this issue. Now, Mary Bruce leading us off from Texas tonight. Tonight, President Biden and Donald Trump touching down in Texas within an hour of each other and heading straight to the border. Nice weather, beautiful day, but a very dangerous border. We're going to take care of it. Thank you. President Biden briefed by Border Patrol on the banks of the Rio Grande, confronting a growing challenge for his administration and his campaign. Illegal border crossings hitting record highs. 2.2 million apprehensions in 2022, nearly a quarter million this past December alone. Just as we were standing here, a group of migrants trying to cross over using a boat to get across the river here, but Border Patrol deterring them. 
The president using this moment to urge Republicans to immediately pass the strongest bipartisan border security bill in years. Republicans are blocking the bill under pressure from Donald Trump, who wants to deny Biden the win so he can run on immigration himself. We need to act. It's time for the speakers and some of my Republican friends in Congress who are blocking this bill to show a little spine. Show a little spine. Just, just, just a little, just a little backbone. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Show me your back. Show me your back. <laughs> Take off your clothes. Let me see your back. Are you under 18? No. Um, oh so, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was really unusual because the, the, the boat across the river is, I think CBS did a slightly different take on it. Um, but it is unusual of the need for, uh, it doesn't, let's be honest. This sounds like a presidential, uh, 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 election talking point as they mentioned as well, I guess, but, but it only gets weirder as they start interviewing the people in, because this is a longer clip. So these are three parts because I broke them down. Mm-hmm. I've learned from our, from our recent, uh, uh, from other clips that maybe breaking down and from instead of a five minute clip, we can break it into chunks. So here's chunks part, are great. Chunks are good. Chunks are great. I like that. That's a good title. Chunks are great. Even the conservative border patrol union supports the bill today in Texas. I asked them why. What's the biggest impact of Washington failing to pass that bill? Um, the security of our country. Former President Trump urged Republicans not to pass that deal. What'd you make of that? Oh, well, I mean, that's politics for you. Was it a perfect bill? No, it wasn't a perfect bill. Um, but it's better than the status quo, what's going on now. 300 miles away in Eagle Pass, Donald Trump walking along the border fence. The United States is being overrun by the Biden migrant crime. It's a so there is something interesting. Sorry, I did have to. The, I had my. I had muted in, but we'll, I'll play that back in a little bit. So okay. the guy that was speaking was the vice president of the Border Patrol Union, uh, and then the guy that's come and dis- now he was speaking um, to reporters on sort of the Biden side of things, mm-hmm. uh, and then and sort of playing politics himself. Even though he's saying this is a political game, he is also playing politics himself, which is. A well, little, of course, a little it's facetious, a little, little we, we, Yeah, we've been over the bill before, I believe, where it's it um, the initial. I think it was a House bill where it was initial redraft of uh, it cuts off money to NGOs. It uh, it increases or it sustains the salaries of the eighteen hundred border patrol officers. I think it also um, provides more. Positions. Oh yeah, some more shit too. Like, so you can they hire, some, they can they hire new, more. Yeah, and people. they get some. Yes, and they get some fancy new toys. Oh, so many fancy new toys. Yeah, like surveillance. Just, yes, all this garbage. Oh, and then there was the other fact that uh, it also allowed you to to take a look at take a gander at your phone more. There, there's also some some little caveats that are more of the a NSA more type. Intrusive. Yeah, a little more intrusive to the American people. But um, but it was just interesting hearing his side of it because it was he's. He is not just annoyed at the border. There's also a very large incentive for him to actually uh, get either. He doesn't care which side uh, really is effective. Whoever gives him money to be able to operate. Money, 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 money. Overrun by the Biden migrant crime. It's a new form of uh, vicious violation to our country. It's migrant crime. We call it Biden migrant crime. Trump is promising mass <laughs> deportations if elected. But when he was in office, deportations actually dropped significantly, far below his predecessor, Barack Obama. Trump promised to build a wall stretching from one end of the border to the other. 
In fact, he only built about 50 new miles. Tonight, President Biden taking a much different strategy, urging the former president to put border security above politics to help solve the problem now. Instead of telling members of Congress to block this legislation, join me or I'll join you in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. There is no, there is, there has never been any proof that Trump directly influenced how the House uh, is going to pass a bill. Well, yeah, that's There's what I keep been, wondering. There has never There's been, been no any shred of that, evidence of that, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Unless something new has come out. No, it, then nothing's changed. Yeah. Instead of playing politics with the issue, why don't we just get together and get it done? Here in Brownsville, the sheriff... T- as, as they both show up at the border to play politics. Well, yeah. <laughs> telling me they need help now. It's putting a real strain. It is a putting a real strain, not only on our local law enforcement, but on our families, our, our school districts, our, our health uh, uh, workers. It's putting a strain on everybody. The president is still pushing for this bill, but aware of the political reality, he is also now considering taking executive action, including tough new asylum restrictions and capping daily border crossings. He's only president now Biden well aware that immigration. Mm. He's only now considering it. Yeah, no, it's this is yes, annoyingly that just tells you that this is politics. Right. This this is the election. Like game. if it was really about people's security, the nation's security, you well, would have done that so long ago. Well, we'll, we'll go into it. We'll go into yeah. it. Okay. Uh, there's five seconds. Is now a much political left. liability for his campaign. Is eager to show voters he's addressing the issue. Yeah, David. he wants to show voters. Yeah, definitely. That's all this is. That's all there is. Okay. So then, but to kind of cap it off, just to take a dookie on Trump, they do. A, they do a final, just like a. You know, I know we're. This is not about the border, but what else? What else is there? Border security front and center for both campaigns. Mary, while we have you, we oh, had we that have breaking you. news last night here. This if you don't mind, could you, could, do us a solid. Do us a solid right now. <laughs> That'd be great. While we have you, we had that breaking news last night here. The Supreme Court uh, taking up Donald Trump's appeal over presidential immunity. That's the January 6th case. Of course, the other federal case we're tracking is the documents case at Mar-a-Lago. Donald Trump wants that trial to be moved until after the election tonight. The special counsel, Jack Smith, uh, with his own proposed date for the trial in that case. David, that trial was expected to start on May 20th, but there have been disputes over how to handle these classified documents at trial. Tonight, Jack Smith is now proposing a trial date of July 8th. The Trump team, though, is still pushing for this to happen after the election. There's a hearing on this tomorrow, though, where we may hear more from the judge. David, Mary. why include that if not to just kind of smear smear presidential? If, if this is a it is a uh, it is a campaign for hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. of of the abc watching type which we all which regardless it baffles me that we're, we're having to stomach to watch this but uh but that's only because we're we're finding this so interesting yeah um why else would include the the fact that trump is going under trial still and 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 the need to to remind everyone that he's part of the jan 6 issue and and also the mar-a-lago issue and, and x well, y and z those exactly like how long ago did those happen uh, I mean, there's. I mean, still, Jan six was like, the, well. The cases are ongoing, right? No, sure, but like the constant reminder, right? Yes, and then, correct. do we hear about the Hunter Biden case that's going on? Right, sure. Not really. Not really. At nope. least not for maybe. That's a good point, though. Yes, that that is. Like they uh, both have cases against him right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, correct. And just remember that Biden was incredibly senile, but he's here handling the border currently. Oh well, did you hear he had his physical done? Oh, do you have unless a clip? you have more Biden stuff? I do, but do you have a clip? To... I have one clip. Okay, go for it. That's perfect. 
Um, it's ABC Selena Wang. <sighs> They're like, man, it's under Biden. It's no, the only okay. clip under Biden. Okay, I don't know that, so we'll keep going. Here it is. President Biden undergoing his annual physical Jesus. amid this presidential election year where age has become an issue for some voters. Let's get right to ABC Selena Wang live at the White House tonight. Selena, the president's doctor, saying he is, quote, uh, fit for duty. That's right, David. The president's doctor giving him a clean bill of health, saying today's exam found no new concerns. He calls the Next president year. a healthy, active, robust 81-year-old male who remains fit to successfully execute the duties of the presidency. Now, today's exam did not include a mental fitness test. The White House saying the president's doctors have determined he doesn't need one. And today, the White House telling me that the president proves his cognitive abilities every single day by doing his job. So take a test. Yeah, well, yeah. So he <laughs> so proves his cognitive abilities by all the stuttering, the talking about dead people. Like, yeah, OK. But take a test. No, nah, he's good. He's clean. I he just love walk. that. I just love, like there, it's like it's like me trying to explain, like, I don't need to take this test. I already know the material. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then he comes back, fail. But the president proves his cognitive abilities every single day by doing his job. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> Jesus, that's so annoying. That is the most. Anyways, so he's yeah. good. He's fit for duty. He's, he's, for he's duty. fine. He can walk around. Thank you. Okay, yeah. that was fun. He can lift heavy things. Yes. <laughs> no, he can't. No, he uh, can't. CBS, Biden, Trump. Uh, like, here we go. Here's the contrast between the two policies. We begin our report in Texas where the two presidential frontrunners traveled to the U.S.-Mexico border. President Biden visited Brownsville, while former President Donald Trump was more than 300 miles away in Eagle Pass. Biden once again called on House Republicans to help secure the border by passing the Senate's bipartisan bill. In turn, Trump blamed Democrats and migrants for the crisis that has become a top issue among voters in the 2024 race, according to polling. CBS News senior White House and political correspondent Ed O'Keefe is traveling with the president in Texas. The president and the former president who wants to replace him in the White House played the blame game today along the U.S.-Mexico border. This is a Biden invasion over the past three years. President Biden said it was Donald Trump who urged House Republicans to kill the bill that would have beefed up security at the border. It's time for the speakers and some of my Republican friends in Congress who are blocking this bill to show a little spine. Was, was it something that I recall that didn't, is this something else that Schumer voted against his own bill or is that something yeah, differently? I, I think that's, that is this one, but I think it one. was when it was attached with the foreign aid. Oh, okay. So you could say that it was because of the foreign aid. Um, but we seem to forget that the Republicans had proposed a border bill that was turned down by the Democrats mm -hmm. before they voted down the Could Democrats the that bill? was paired with the foreign policy. You talked about it. It was uh, H.R. Oh, oh, that's that's, that's what I was referring to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, but that's... Uh, yeah. That's the same one that I'm referring to earlier. Okay. The, of the many cool toys, new salaries. Yes, that was a few uh, Hire more back. workers. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so we, we seem to yeah. forget that it's not the Republicans don't want to do anything about the border. It's the bill specifically. But yeah. The, the details the, of it. it. It appears that uh, Mike Johnson is being held hostage in terms of not allowing... The, the populist Republicans are not letting. Well, yeah, uh, he's he's not bringing it forward. Right. Well, mostly because there is that caveat of funding to Ukraine and Israel. Well, well no, really that, mostly that got to split. Ukraine. I mean, it C was. Correct. Correct. Yeah. There, yes. So uh, and it I'm assuming that the same. I mean, you know, did we both did. So is the Senate bill slightly different? I'm not. Maybe we should have found that out before we recorded. There are so many bills going around. I, that's what I was confused <laughs> about. Okay. So the Senate bill that got passed in the Senate 
was the for uh, the foreign aid funding bill. Yes, correct. That was originally paired with the border bill, which mm-hmm. I think was HR eight one five. Sure. We talked about it a few episodes ago. So that was originally paired together. Then I believe it was split and it's just the foreign aid funding that was passed in the Senate. It's now in the House. That's what Speaker Johnson is not bringing forward. Doesn't want to bring so forward. That's, that's foreign aid. It's that's not really, foreign aid. It's so not it's really, not passed. It's not a border bill then. It, no. So the border bill, I think, is still stuck in the Senate. And no, no, it passed the Senate. It's going to the House. No, I think that was that's a foreign saying, aid. No, it's no. Why I, would it pass? In the Senate, if that's the whole, because both both the, the the Senate agreed that they'll that it makes sense to pass it. Okay, I'm gonna let this play while you look that up. Yeah, I have no idea. After a record number of illegal crossings found this out. last year, President Biden, who toured the border in Brownsville, Texas, is trying to show he's addressing an issue that more than 60 percent of voters call a very serious concern. Just hours before the president's arrival here in Brownsville, U.S. Border Patrol and Texas State Police say they stopped people on the other side of the border from bringing across drugs. Okay, that what, what, she, what he just mentioned there that that that's the same uh, ABC one of uh, what I mentioned earlier of like if you could see right now there are people trying to cross the river illegally. Yeah. Okay. That same so video, boat. that same that same boat video that they that they played in ABC mm-hmm. was the exact same video in CBS that they just heard. Except in this time, they said that they were passing drugs. Very serious concern. Very serious. Just hours before the president's arrival here in Brownsville. Same thing, just hours before the president's arrival. U.S. Border Patrol and Texas State Police say they stopped people on the other side of the border from bringing across drugs. But Chris Cabrera- From bringing across drugs. <laughs> they're not even being clear on what they're referencing. But anyway, sorry, yeah. I'll, I'll just continue to play. No, are they just regular migrants or are they- It doesn't matter. Were they migrants with drugs? Like- <laughs> yeah, right. Both. The Border Patrol said that with illegal crossings into this part of Texas down recently, the president has come too late. But I think uh, the timing's a little off. I mean, if he would have come a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. Trump, who visited Eagle Pass more than 300 miles away, continued exploiting a crisis that he couldn't solve either, hoping it'll put him back in the White House. Allies say he's planning mass deportations and detention camps, if elected. Today, he sought to falsely connect President Biden to the recent murder of a Georgia nursing student by a Venezuelan migrant who entered the country illegally in 2022. The monster that charged uh, charging the death is an illegal alien migrant who was led into our country and released into our communities by crooked Joe Biden. The by pre- the way, that's not a what, what he's mentioning there is not a directly accusing him of bringing this one specific person in by, you know, held his hand and crossed him through the border. Yeah. He's, he's accusing him of his policies that allowed, that allowed this person to come in. And, and while that's still under investigation, it, it, there has been numerous cases, not the majority of migrants, right? We're not going to fit that stereotype as well. No, I suppose. it's just, but there are bad people that come in. Let's be honest. And if you increase the numbers, coming across the yeah. percentage of those who commit crime usually stays the same but right. now that percentage is a higher number sure versus the number that was coming across originally yeah so yeah, he, yeah. i don't know just annoying uh did you have something or you kind yeah, of continue gonna, do you want time? an update on the who's yeah. correct yes do you want to place a bet no <laughs> i just want the answer so it's the foreign aid bill that was separate from the border bill foreign aid bill was passed in the senate it's stuck in the house Johnson won't pass it. So that's or what bring it forward. That's what they're fighting over right now. The, These clips that we're currently no, playing. No, that's what I'm so asking. So the border though. bill uh-huh. that they're fighting over is stuck in the Senate. It's not been passed anywhere. Oh, so this is the one that we've been referring to then. This is what they're referring to right now. 
the border bill. Yes, they're separate. But, but this is right. But what I'm saying is that what what Biden is is asking, he's asking yeah. the House to pass a bill. Because that's where I'm confused about. Oh, I see. Yes, I understand. So I'll um, give you more time while I play this off, and I'll I'll continue. Uh, on. Okay. President who didn't address Trump's attacks. So they we should have talked. This is a note for was just it the that show. the border bill was proposed through the House? I'll find out. Okay. Yeah, this is something we should have probably discussed together. But that's okay. We're learning. That's fine. Work together. Join me, or I'll join you, in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. We can do it together. As president, Trump severely restricted asylum and required migrants to await their court hearings in Mexico. When President Biden took office, he reversed those policies, but is now considering employing an executive power used by Trump to suspend asylum. So that was pretty interesting in terms of of the policies that were held by Trump mm-hmm. being renewed, essentially, by Biden. And then uh, being credited to Biden. And being credited to Biden, yeah. yeah. And, and, and obviously, he's super bright to figure this out. Yeah. Okay, so I'm wrong. I'll give okay. you that. Thanks. So the border bill... Savannah's is wrong. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Sorry. You don't need to make a song about that because it won't happen that often. All right. Yeah. Um, so the border bill, H.R. 2 is what it's called, yep. was proposed through the House, passed the House, and is now stuck in the Senate. Okay. So what is Biden asking the House to do? Nothing because they passed it. Well, So they're asking the Senate. I mean, that's what H.R. 2, which is the Secure the Border Act. But that's not why Biden—why is Biden— we just played the clip here. I'll just. I don't know. It. He he, well, he didn't get a mental it. test, man. No, no. Hold on. Hold on. We can't just delay it to that because the news is even portraying that House Republicans are the reason why it's not buying this bill. You see what I mean? Yeah, but it passed in the House. That doesn't make sense then, unless we unless Ugh. we're unless just going Maybe over our tops. there's another border bill. That's what I'm asking. Let's see. the bill under pressure from Donald Trump, who wants to deny Biden the win. Hold on. The president using this moment to urge Republicans to immediately pass the strongest bipartisan border security bill in years. Republicans are blocking the bill under pressure from Donald Trump, who wants to deny Biden the win so he can run on immigration himself. By the way, now I'm reflecting on that. What a sick like way of portraying like uh, like 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 uh, what a sick way of portraying uh, Trump to just hoard the win for himself. Yeah. Uh, he wants to claim the victory, obviously. Yeah, but so does Biden. Yeah, That's why right. he wants they it passed do. now before the election happens. Yes. Uh, okay, well, you keep looking. I'm going to play this NTD clip that uh, sums up kind of vaguely this situation could have been fixed anyways. Actually, no. Let's. I'm going to do a PBS one. These are... Uh, there is this woman that is... I don't... Lorena Lopez, I believe. And obviously fits the picture because she's down at the southern border. Makes sense. Uh, but she is advocating for why Trump and the Republicans should be held responsible for this issue. The showdown here oh, at it's the so US-Mexico border is set to be a defining battle of 2024. A fight Can you hear that well? No. Okay. That's a problem. Okay, so I'll jack up the volume and I'll edit this part out. That's fine. Wait, how long ago was that clip that you're talking from the border? Sorry, before you play this These one. were recent. These were like three days old. Because, uh, okay, I'll keep looking when Republicans killed a bipartisan deal designed to stem the flow of migrants and funnel billions to border security. What do you hope President Biden's trip accomplishes? Uh, you know, hopefully he takes some good out of this trip and hopefully when he meets with the Border Patrol agents, they give him an idea of what you can work from. Um, same same guy, by the way, 
uh, in this video was the vice president of uh, Border Patrol Union. Okay. Anytime you want something done on the front line, you need to talk to the front line workers. Chris Cabrera is the vice president of the National Border Patrol Council, a union representing 18,000 agents nationwide. The union supported the bipartisan deal. Do you want it to still pass? You know, that's the hope. Um, but at, at the, on top of the, you know, at the end of the day, anything will help. Um, I know there's a, there's the power of the pen. There's there's executive action that he's done in the past with with other issues. Um, he has the power to, to put a stop to this today if he wanted to. Um, granted, you know, Congress does have some fault in this. They've been uh, kicking the can down the road for, for quite quite a few years. Not not one side or the other, but but both sides and. If, if they're not going to do it, then either we get somebody in there that will or, or the president needs to take action like the last president did. Which I thought was funny, uh, just at the end, which I'm, I'm kind of concerned why they didn't clip that part out. Essentially giving Trump props for handling the border better than uh, than Biden did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, part two. Do, do you have something you want me to? No, it's all telling me the same thing that I really? just said. Okay. Yeah, it's HR2, passed in the House, stuck in the Senate. Also, the clip that you showed me, I didn't hear anything about the House. Oh, it, it, it'll, it'll get there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you have more? No. So then, oh, hold on. So can, then can we clarify then what they're arguing about? Are, are they just spinning it? Maybe we're looking at this wrong. Are, we, are they just spinning it to make us believe that the House is the problem? I have no idea, okay. man. Okay. With the Senate deal all but dead, sources have told NewsHour that President Biden is considering using his executive authority through a decades-old law to block some asylum seekers from entering the U.S. While state and federal authorities clash in Eagle Pass, becoming a national flashpoint, here in Brownsville, advocates say things are different. We often hear that these the are N oh sorry, these are NGOs, Savannah, that are that are being referenced currently. Okay, it's chaotic, but it's orderly. It's not chaos. Astrid Dominguez is the executive director of Good Neighbor Settlement House, which is one of the groups that helps welcome asylum seekers in Brownsville. What would the impact be for migrants if the U.S. were to put in place more severe asylum restrictions? Seeking asylum, it's a right. And we want to make sure that as a country, we're looking at solutions that allow them to seek asylum in a safe way and not putting them in danger. Despite the danger, some are still making the long journey with their children. Roxana just arrived from Cuba. It was difficult because we had to travel with coyotes and we had a small child. I cried a lot. It was terrifying. I'm 22 years old. I don't know how I did it, how I was able to. Okay, so in that video, there is, um, so she, they're going to mention that she crosses the Darien Strait, which is what we've heard from a number of uh, sources, including uh, Brett Weinstein, um, <laughs> but uh, but they're they're like I guess I'll just finish the video. Sorry, it. I'll yes. Okay. It just they'll explain a little better than I will. Yeah. To flee with my son, it's something that I just don't know how I did it, but I accomplished it, and we're here, and that's the most important. We're here. Thing. Fleeing Venezuela through the Darien Gap, 22-year-old yeah, Luria was robbed twice before arriving for her appointment with Customs and Border Protection. I want a better life. I want a better future for my son, and I just want to start a new life. Okay, so in that video, she's she's been robbed twice. She crossed the Darien Gap, which by all stretches of the means would entail uh, probably on foot, walking through the jungle type deal. Okay. Uh, she's She's got... A pink sweatshirt, 
little pink mask, pink luggage, clean spark, like not a lick of dirt on it. You couldn't like your luggage that's neon green. Yeah. It's more jacked up. One trip through the airport. That's your luggage. That's your fault, though. Through the airport. And it's it's looks like it's gone through the dairy. It's jacked up. It's it's gone through the dairy. Yeah. Well, this thing came clean off a plane. Uh, so it doesn't even matter at that rate. What was what was robbed from her if she still has a suitcase? Right, sure. Uh, yes, all those questions are, are left uh, unanswered. Obviously, um, it, I, I don't. It almost sounds like it almost feels like it, they, they brought him in instead from Dallas and then drove him down to Eagle Pass just to have this conversation. I just I find it, or I guess it could. You could argue it, it went through a bus. Ooh, it went yeah. through a bus. Sure. I Is there see. a road? Well, they, they, they bust people up, right? That is what Abbott does to send them to New York or Chicago. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that. I was just joking. Uh, okay. Final border part three PBS nonsense. Jeff, Jeff, those migrants Jeff. are arriving uh, through the CBP one appointment system app that President Biden has urged asylum seekers to use rather than cross irregularly into the United States. But overall, Jeff, crossings are low here right now in Texas. And Laura, let's return to what we heard today from the current and former presidents. We heard uh, Donald Trump with his criticisms of Joe Biden. How do Mr. Trump's stated concerns and contentions square up with the facts and with your reporting and what you're seeing there along the border today? Jeff, Chris Cabrera of the Border Patrol Union told me that there were only six apprehensions in Brownsville yesterday and that overall across Texas, uh, others, other uh, entry points, other border towns may have slightly higher apprehensions, but that it's overall low. But I want to point out, Jeff, and fact check one of the things that the former president said today. He was talking about uh, claiming that there was a migrant crime wave occurring. And the data just doesn't match up with that, Jeff. A Stanford study shows that immigrants are 60% less likely than native-born Americans to be incarcerated, and that also in sanctuary cities, each unit increase in the unauthorized immigration population actually represents a 5% decrease in violent crime. Okay, so I didn't I didn't look too deep into the... Uh, You're really low. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, there we go, sorry. Uh, I didn't look too deeply into the, the second study, but the first study mm-hmm. was... Uh, was a study from 1870 to 2020. Um, and while she can credit that study to potentially migrant, and I could still buy that sentiment that maybe not all migrants are, are that violent. However, what it doesn't express was that between 2020 uh, or between 2021 and now, they have not calculated or have not expressed how many people have actually gone through the border. Would you like to know the number? And this is from their own liberal party, right? This is a more biased approach of, of, of stat of, of uh, this is Snopes, which I consider to be a bullshit uh, uh, website just because they've denied so many other legitimate concerns. Like uh, we bombed Nord Stream Pipeline too. And Snopes says that that's incorrect. And that's uh, right wing hysteria. We're not even right wing. We're not even right wing to begin with, but it's it's just funny that they're that that's what they're labeling under. So they're from their own sources. How many migrants do you think have crossed illegally in the United States? Just give it a one of your videos gave like two and a half million or something in the last year. You ready? Yeah. Is that your guess? I'm going to say, wait, this is over the last three years. Uh, Yes. Okay, I'm going to say five. 
five million. Oh, hold on. You know what? Do you not have Let's the number? say that's yeah. No, I I just I picked up that this might be incorrect. Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, yes, sick. That's insane though. Wow. Okay, say it again. Five million. Wow. Yeah, you're still off. Uh, over the last three years. Over the last three years. Okay. Tw- uh, Seven point two. Seven point two million. Seven point two million. Where did they get that number from? This was the. Uh, this is well. They again. If we're going to argue that Snopes is the way it is, it's it's not a fair. It's not fair reporting. This yeah. was credited to Fox News, and then verified as correct. Right. Okay. So I mean, and this is a pretty pretty uh pretty shitty reporting. Like they've they've been known for being shitty. Yeah. Um, and they are also giving them credit that this is true. That they're seven point two. Well, they almost want to flaunt it, right? Well, right. Yeah. That, that we're aiding all these people. It depends on what people. angle they're taking on it. Sure, but it's it it's it's higher than thirty six other states in the United States. Um, but seven point two is a lot. That that's a lot of that's a lot of folks. So between then, between twenty twenty or between twenty twenty one and twenty twenty four, the amount of crossings and potential risks of people coming in that are probably more criminally associated. I mean, we even saw that with uh, with the NTD post of, of how Chinese immigrants are coming in and they're they're only answering a number of questions. We don't they never clarified of, of the migrant status of of uh, Latin Americans as well. Well, yeah, what's or the any other process? race that comes through. Sure. So I, I bananas to me that they're they're going to cite this garbage and then claim that it's it's uh, I mean, it, it is accurate, but it's you're being facetious in, in how you're portraying it. Mm-hmm. Right. So here's 50 seconds of it left. And President Biden today, he also called on Senate Republicans to pass that uh, bipartisan border deal. But he said he might act alone. There's word of a President Biden today. He also called on Senate Republicans to pass that uh, bipartisan Senate. border deal. But he said mm-hmm. he might act alone. There's word of an executive order. Is that right? Tell us more about that. That's right, Jeff. An executive order could come in a matter of weeks. And that order, what's being considered right now, would severely restrict asylum seekers. It would narrow who can claim asylum. And I was talking to immigration advocates today uh, who have been in talks with the White House, and they're trying to convince uh, President Biden to essentially go a different route with an executive order, declare an emergency declaration, and just send more resources to the border rather than restrict asylum. It's important to note, Jeff, that asylum under current U.S. law is a right for migrants to claim whether they're presenting at a port of entry or between ports of entry. These people are clamoring for money. Well, I was going to say two things. So they're saying it's a right for migrants. It's Mm -hmm. a right that is given by the U.S. Yes. The U.S. decides that that right exists, right? So the U.S. gets to say if it still exists. The second thing is, okay, send more resources. We can't do that if we're sending... $60 $60 billion to Ukraine. Of course we can, Savannah. What do you mean? We have endless money. We have endless money. <laughs> Let the money Just train flow. print more. Okay. Print so more paper. Did you find more on that then? Yeah. Okay. So um, this, I'm going off of congress.gov, which is the Congress, Congress's That's website. probably the best source. <laughs> yeah. Um, so HR2, which was the originally Republican proposed border bill, um, is really confusing. I think it's still in the House. So it, it it has the status as passed the House, but I think it's revisions that are being made in the House. The other bill, H.R. 815, is the Foreign combined bill. 
foreign aid and border bill. Hmm. That one was obviously stopped at the Senate. So it was passed in the House, proposed through the House, I think. Yeah, it was introduced in the House. It passed the House in March of last year. And then now it's in the Senate. Hmm. So I have no idea what they're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Republicans are just to blame is Uh, what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting at For everything. It doesn't matter the specifics, I guess. Okay. All right. Well, maybe that's the point, though. Okay. <laughs> maybe. Uh, how short are your clips? Because we're at 35, and so I want to make sure we're doing this uh, um, within our well, time limit. Well, if we want to keep on... Uh, we could keep on this. So we could keep on the bills. So there's another uh, bill that's being proposed. Uh, it's an AI task force. So You let's, got Seattle News on this one? Well, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, which one? GM, sorry, I, I'm ruining your Honestly, setup. Honestly, either one. Okay. My name ah. is Caroline Mullet, and I'm a ninth grader at Iskwa High School. Despite being the daughter wow. of Washington State Senator Mark Mullet, this was Caroline's first time in front of her state legislature. At our homecoming dance last year, a member of our class took pictures of my female friends and then posted them online using AI. He used AI to show my friends' faces, but then filtered their bodies to make them appear nude. Caroline's <laughs> friends had become victims of deep fakes, manipulated. Doesn't that seem like such a middle school thing That's to such do, a though? a middle school thing to do. Yeah, and it's so <laughs> shitty. <laughs> That's such a great joke. Uh, it's so inappropriate. It's not them. Right, obviously, but, obviously. That's, but that's still, it's just, that's entertaining to say the least. At our homecoming dance last year, a member of our class took pictures of my female <laughs> friends and then posted them online using AI. He used AI to show my friends' faces, but then filtered their bodies to make them appear nude. Caroline's friends had become victims <laughs> of deep fakes, manipulated photos, videos, or audio created using artificial intelligence that appear real. Over the last year, as AI has become more accessible, Deep fakes have become more prevalent, with targets ranging from political figures to celebrities like Taylor Swift to high schoolers. This week, reports of sure. students creating and sharing nude AI-generated pictures of other students at a Beverly Hills middle school has led to a police investigation. So it used to be you, you could skip forward to like the last twenty seconds, maybe. I'm at thirty-five. 15-year-old Caroline felt compelled to testify on behalf of her friends to support a bill that will change that. I'm just I might mention that you would cut it yourself if you uh, if you wanted I, me to yeah, get rid of it. I, I understand. Okay, just put it out there. ...to testify on behalf of her friends to support a bill that will change that. I'm just glad that now it might become a law, so it will ensure that Things like this won't happen again. This doesn't seem real. So keep in mind, she's also the daughter of a Washington yeah, I was gonna senator. Say, this doesn't seem real. Who is likely for the task force. So talking more about the task force. So that was ABC News. This is now King 5 News. King 5. Artificial intelligence is now mainstream. From helping students with their homework to new facial recognition software, lawmakers here in Washington are trying to make sure they stay a step ahead of the quickly evolving industry. What does it mean for racial profiling? What does it mean for who's making a decision on whether or not your kid gets into a certain college? The list goes on, and making those hard choices and thinking about these issues now is going to be really important for the task So let us Washington State Attorney help that 
<laughs> let us take control over it for you. Let us dictate what you do. Let us be the ones who make the decision. Yes, you won't know because you're stupid. Yeah. General Bob Ferguson introducing new legislation that, if passed, would establish the first artificial intelligence task force. The group would study benefits and risks and propose potential changes to the governor's office and legislature. People's concerns are well-founded. But I think our job as a society, our job as leaders, is to prepare for any new technology. A move to study the emerging tech that has bipartisan support. The bill's partner includes Republican lawmaker Travis Couture. I think by having a, a very small and responsible step of creating a task force filled with experts to look at how do we dust Who? off state law and make sure that ah. this works forever. How, how new is AI? Uh, it's been around for a long time. Are there really experts over regulating it since there's really no regulation currently that's a good question no like what defines no because in fact uh uh sam uh not sam altman yeah sam yeah, altman of, uh, was like you, open, can, you can't control this this is this is you can't there's we have we have to learn we have to learn with ai at the same time so what is their definition of an expert they're probably some sort of uh some sort of con man probably yeah i assume <laughs> Some guys trying to scheme. Someone so who needed just to be for the part state, of a or is this a nation? No, this is a national task oh, okay. force. Okay, man, I was getting real, real iffy that Washington was just going rogue oh, there no, for a second. No, I think it's being like. Oh, it started. It started from Washington. Not ah, shit. Right. The senators, and then it's it's all of cool. Congress. So there's 24 members. You know of what, man? Congress. Though that makes sense given our our tech situation here in the Seattle area, right? Well, it, yeah, it, these are why all the tech not, companies. Why not censor? Why not uh, work hand in hand? To a limit the amount of AI you because you can get I can download and I have uh, I just need to fix this stupid computer uh, you can you can download uh, it's like just a, user error at this point okay <laughs> no I mean you're limited by my, you, my, my. yourself <laughs> your your abilities capabilities I'll never talk to you about my problems again <laughs> just just so you know there's no no, there's no reason for insults okay well anyway <laughs> you can download a server. You can down or you can download your own AI uh, uh, program and use it yourself. Uh, yeah. it's free. It's uh, Llama. Uh, any of the Llama versions you can use and download. Uh, they're probably shittier than ChatGPT, maybe, but they're still you're but still able to less do that. Limitations with it? No, 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 no. You can. I mean, you can. You, 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 the user, can have the ability to download and create your own AI if you want to. If you really want to spend the time and money to, to oh, actually do it, I see. Um, so then, why not instead, Microsoft being one of the larger corporations here in Seattle, uh, why not instead just all use the same uh, co-pilot feature that just recently came out with with Microsoft, or how they tried to acquire uh, Sam Altman to essentially fortify their shareholders. Mm-hmm. to to buy their products right because their ai is far more superior because we got the guy that invented chat gpt yeah at least co-founded it and then why not now that's an and expert w- and why not monopolize on on the product itself yeah to say that hey if you only use chat gpt or if you only use bard or gemini or whatever whatever google has uh for the sake of safety we can monitor for you right we worked we can we, collect we worked, your the, data the u.s department has worked hand in hand with these with these tech companies, right? That's sort of the the tannin that they'll get. Microsoft and and other tech companies will get their their products out only, and the U.S. government will be able to track what what kind of porn you watch. So, uh, here's 35 seconds of it. Her buddy. Well, they hope to study the implications of the new tech. 
It's widely accepted that there's no slowing down the development. AI is here to stay. Sebastian, what kind of power would this task force have? Well, as quickly as they'd like to move, lawmakers can't move as fast as tech companies, as startups. So this is very much in the preliminary phase. It's about recommendations, finding those potential outcomes, both positive and negative. Those will be presented to the legislature and the governor's <laughs> office in 2025. But Jessica, any actual uh, changes would have to be voted on by lawmakers and codified in law. And those dang Republicans are gonna turn it down. Hold it back. Yeah. They, no, they're just as scared. I know. They're just as, they don't know. That'll what the be fuck the one thing that's about. actually bipartisan. <coughs> totally. Because then they all get a piece of it, right? That's fun. I like that one. That's a little bit of mix between the two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you wanna you wanna move it to a more a more popular story? You wanna move it to the? To you wanna the, move it to the? Uh, you wanna move it to the bedrooms? Outside, <laughs> Sorry, no. Outside <laughs> of the U.S. Uh, you want to move into is foreign oh, policies? These are pretty short. That's fun. Okay, you got all the short stories. I got two big ones, and that's it. Uh, what are your big ones on? Well, th let's just do your little ones. Okay, let's do Gaza. Which one? Uh, let's. Uh, I mean, they're all three talking about the same thing. So let's start with um, CBS. The Biden administration will this begin is airdropping. Almost three minutes. Yeah. See, that's what I said. These <sighs> are the longer clips, but I think they're only like max three, three and a half minutes supplies to Palestinian refugees in Gaza who are facing the threat of starvation. The president announced... You better have like a, like a child like screaming out, stop the war, stop the genocide in <laughs> perfect justify. English in this clip to justify these three minute clips. <laughs> on Friday saying innocent lives are on yeah, the there line. We go. It comes a day after Israeli troops fired at Palestinians fired. during a desperate aid delivery in northern Gaza, which turned deadly when crowds raced to pull supplies off a convoy of aid trucks. The Hamas-run Gaza Health Ministry says more than 100 Palestinians were killed and more than 700 others were injured. Natalie Brandt has it? more from the White so House. So their language there is that the crowds rushed the trucks. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so there's aid that's been restricted. Right. Apparently, um, it's it it's in. There's not much of it. So when it does show up, of course, people are desperate, and these are, this is a very crowded area, right? So they're using the words "rushed it." That's when the Israeli forces fired, and um, I forget what other words they use, but that that's when paying attention to. Why don't I go back on it? Okay. Fired at Palestinians during a desperate aid delivery in northern Gaza, which turned deadly when crowds raced to pull supplies off Race. a convoy of aid trucks. The Hamas-run Gaza Health Ministry says more than 100 Palestinians were killed and more than 700 others were injured. Natalie Brandt also, has more from the that was one of the Gaza. other thing was is that they pointed out that this health ministry that reported the numbers is Hamas run, right? That sure. that seems to be forgotten. Oh yeah, a sure. lot in the media. <clears throat> yeah. So um, yeah, you can keep it going, I guess. During a desperate aid delivery in northern Gaza, run Gaza health ministry says more than a hundred Palestinians were killed and more than seven hundred others were injured. Natalie Brandt has more from the White House. Natalie, good morning. Good morning, Dana. U.S. officials tell CBS News the airdrops are expected to begin. Is she as rain? What, what is this sound? Yeah, she's outside the White House. It's raining. <sighs> Jesus. It's more dramatic. Good morning, Dana. U.S. officials tell CBS News the airdrops are expected to begin as soon as this weekend. Now, Jordan and France have already been making humanitarian drops. The White House also indicated that aid delivered by sea is under consideration, sea. possibly at some point down the road. Truth is. 
aid flowing to Gaza is nowhere nearly enough. Now it's nowhere nearly enough. Innocent lives are on the line and children's lives are on the line. The White House says the drops will be part of a sustained effort, but National Security Council spokesman John Kirby acknowledges the complexities of such an operation. The big challenge is making sure that it's physically in a, in a geographic location that is close to people that are, that are most in what? need. What? 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 Yeah. What did he say? So you got to make sure the airdrops actually land where people are. What? In a geographic location that is close to people that are, that are most in need. Oh, is, the big challenge this? is making Hold sure on. that it's physically of such an operation. The big challenge is making sure that it's physically in a, in a geographic location that is close to people that are, that are most in need. <laughs> I thought this was the Art. most densely populated area in the world <laughs> at this moment. Isn't any area that you drop it in somewhere Pro where people would need it? Probably enough. They'll just shoot right into Lebanon. Just all the way across the other just, the other side of the country. It is just so far we, away. Yeah, just <laughs> absolutely ah, shot left. Shoot, it's in the ocean. Ah, damn it. Damn. Expensive and inefficient, and you only do it in the most dire situation. Dave Hardin, a former USAID mission director in Gaza and the West Bank, warns airdrops could come with more risk than results. It's a very risky undertaking. It's also not going to be anywhere sufficient to meet the needs of the people in Gaza. So why do it? And <laughs> this is essentially more what to saying. the point, it's frustrating in the sense that the Israelis aren't opening more crossings that would allow for greater throughput. President Biden says the U.S. would put pressure on Israel to facilitate more truck deliveries of assistance. It comes as he's facing increasing. It's not even that. It's 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 even the fact that Egypt is not wanting to let them in. Well, that's the thing. There's They're only not disclosing two crossings that. where right. everybody is right now. One's in Israel. One is in Egypt. Uh, yeah. Is Egypt letting them through They're the not. border? They're not letting them through. Exactly. It's not just Israel. Oh my gosh. So, look, Political pressure by voters to do more and back a ceasefire. As evidenced by this week's Michigan primary, a state with a large Arab American population where 13% of Democrats voted uncommitted in protest. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I'm hoping so. We're still working real hard at it. Not there yet. As you heard the president say there, he's hoping for a possible deal by Ramadan, which begins in a little more than a week. The White House says an agreement for a six-week ceasefire is still on the table to allow for the release of more Israeli hostages and to surge more humanitarian aid into Gaza. Just as a reminder. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's just the timing, it's right? Fine. It's just a friendly, oh, reminder, we are helping. Mm. Trying to. How uh -huh, you were saying? Um... You lost your train of thought. I did. Okay. Let's do what I was trying to get. Yeah. What, what I noticed out of that. Uh, thanks for asking me. Uh, yeah, what, sure. I, what I noticed out of this uh, piece was that they failed to disclose that that <laughs> if they're probably if the Israelis are gunning down people, uh -huh. uh, if that's what's being reported. And then the least they're doing or the most they're doing right now is airdropping some food. I don't know. I don't know if that's really enough to actually deal with the issue. Like in terms of gaining 13% of the Democratic vote. Well, that are that's Arab. the thing. I, it's I, not enough. It's not enough. It just looks like you're doing something. Man, that is fine. Okay. Also, why not? Like it's expensive for an airdrop, right? You can't drop enough food without it being a very expensive endeavor. But we can keep sending shells. We can keep sending missiles like money for that. Boy, you're, you're a serious 
talk there is, uh, is uh, has some true words there, pal. Huh. <laughs> but, you know, Bringing what out if, those military terms. Wow. <laughs> Look at you. Look at me. I'm going to play CNN. Okay. Pallets of food aid with messages of love. Airdropped into Gaza for a desperate population. This is a Jordanian flight with more countries looking to join the aid effort, among them the U.S. But this isn't a good news story. Same, same gra- country that vetoed uh, Israel doing a ceasefire. Everyone else, every, every, single, every single person said proposal yes. Proposal for a ceasefire, U.S. is the only one that raises their little hand, says veto. Found a glimpse of how much more is needed to keep starving Gazans from falling into famine. Airdrops are inefficient and expensive. You just can't drop enough food for a starving population. To stave off famine, you need thousands of trucks filled with food flooding into Gaza. But that's not happening. We were granted rare access to this warehouse in Jordan. One of the key waypoints for aid, now a choke point. CNN spoke to dozens of humanitarian workers and donor government officials who detailed arbitrary Israeli restrictions on aid, often with little to no explanation, impeding a multi-billion dollar humanitarian effort, even as Gazans are desperate to receive it. About a thousand trucks worth of essential medical aid and food supplies meant for Gaza, collecting dust, waiting to be cleared by Israeli officials. Because are we the, didn't have any antiseptic. Are the airdrops not held up for clearing? Right, sure. So, you, well, the so recent, the recent, remember a while ago that we played that clip of, uh, man, this would be nice to have, of uh, they wouldn't want to give, like, giving people food was an issue then, right? Because they were convinced that Hamas was the one taking it. Yeah. So, what's changed? Well, and you definitely can't control To me, Savannah, it feels like they're trying to make up for for what Israel is doing. Uh, yeah. It, I, I feel like they're starting to feel the pressure of, of what the situation is. The, the U.S.? Yeah. But no, but so this clip is talking about how there's trucks with aid available. It's just they're they're stuck in like being cleared. Correct. At the border because they're. There's a, a ridiculous list of items that can't be passed through. And if something like crutches or oh, tent really? poles. Yeah, that's what the CNN was citing. I took huh. it out. Um, and so they get turned away and they won't let the trucks through. They're huh. held up at these um, this uh, these buildings. But what about the aid, the the airdrops? Right. Well, do those, those not also get cleared? They're being dropped. Like you're through the. They, they probably do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't but know. like, why are those not held up? Uh, that's a good question. So, are these trucks mm. really held up? Mm. And also, why can't those trucks then? Why can't that's you put this multi-billion-dollar, you know, efforts towards aid? Can you turn those into airdrops, or can you turn them into boat drops? Like, is there not another way instead of just having them held up there? No, it's, it's been five months. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's been five months. It's like, I don't know. That's pretty nuts. Okay, yeah. sure. I had made good, a solution. Good, good point. And good, good, so good, good, good. I would have to pour that over the wound and then scrub oh, this is the a doctor. wound down. It's probably the most, the darkest moment of my life is this necessary or can we because move on you're doing yeah. it okay the patient is screaming the child is screaming he's correct himself knowing that if you're not just a patient it's a child doing it the patient is screaming the child is screaming well he could have just been referencing two people 
two different people. Yeah, but to emphasize. Knowing that if you have, because you're doing it, the patient is screaming, the child is mm -hmm. screaming. Knowing that if you hadn't, that child oh. would be dead by the end. Because then he uses child oh, when it does sure. come into Gaza, thousands gathered, clambering onto the trucks, even as Israeli gunfire. So yeah, so that description that she's using, it's a desperate, like they're charging these trucks, clambering onto the trucks. Even as Israeli gunfire rings out. Torn between fear and hunger, over a hundred killed and hundreds more injured. Yet you can see here people still clinging to what little they managed to get. The Israeli army says it's not responsible for what happened here. But as our investigation shows, at the very least, Israel created the conditions for this tragedy. Okay. But no mention of Hamas. What do you mean? Who also created the conditions. No, sure. Okay. Wait, wait, I'm just, hold on. So I'm just trying to piece together what you said. So in terms of in terms of Hamas not getting in, why it, you just need to elaborate, I guess. Well, this whole thing is because of started from a Hamas attack. Yeah, right. Well, so they're we don't saying know that, that though. though Israel is saying they're not responsible for the shooting, uh -huh. they still have responsibility because they created the conditions that led to the shooting of yeah, these desperate people. Yeah, I mean they also people. they also probably let all those people into the into the fence, anyways. Yeah, exactly. That's where it's, the responsibility starts. Okay. But there's no mention of Hamas, who also plays a part. It's sure. a two-sided issue. Sure, but I think this story is specific to... Sure. I know. Okay. They're just, I it's just mean. trying to... Sure. It's more blame on Israel. And I'm not saying Israel is blameless. I'm but just saying a lot of this is phrased as like... Yeah, but this this is specific to... Oh, okay. Sure. I, I, can, okay. I can... I see your point, though. Yeah. The specific... Yeah. Um, this last one is democracy now. Palestinians waiting four for humanitarian minutes? aid I'm in Gaza. I'm not playing four minutes oh, of this, Savannah. I cut this down from 14 minutes. I'm not playing four minutes of this. this <laughs> Jesus. ...are coming under fire from Israeli forces in Gaza as acute hunger and severe malnutrition are spreading. In the latest attack earlier today, over 100 You know what you probably could have done, and this is just the thought, is... Part two? No, even then, we already get the gist of, yeah. of what they're saying. What we could look at instead is how what they're uh, what they show in the, on their side, whether it's emotions, whether it's unproven well, this facts. This is talking to because they're, they're going to tell me the same thing that they shot people unprovoked or that they were rushing for food. So we already know that narrative. That's that's CBS, CNN, and Democracy Now are probably both going to have the same unless they differ. Okay, let's do the last minute of this clip with Democracy Now. So she's talking are, to Are you do you for sure know that it's in the minute? How do you know it's so far? Well, because that's the beginning bit is they're introducing the issue and she's okay. she's interviewing a volunteer rights to food person or something with the UN. But the last minute I think is a little more substantial. Route. They're back or more denying uh, uh, convoys from reaching the north. Uh, so he's just he's talking about Israel and their responsibilities that they have and how they're failing. And they're doing this on purpose is what he's so implying. That wasn't my question. Do you want I'm going to no, just play from wherever from wherever he repeats what? himself a lot. So move from forward where you were. Okay. I have to write this down. Uh, bombarding trucks um, uh, en route. They're denying uh, uh, convoys from reaching the north, and they're making it oh, very okay. difficult Sorry. for uh, Back trucks. Back it up like 15 seconds. At them. 
So not only is Israel shooting at people getting Can you give a me more information? Uh, bombarding no, that's good. So trucks um, on uh, what? On- is this good? So is- he's talking. Yeah, that's good. He's talking about the shooting with the eight trucks in Israel, okay. mm-hmm. and how Israel has been blocking convoys. Okay. That's been reported. They are uh, 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 shooting at them. So not only is Israel shooting at people getting aid, uh, bombarding trucks um, uh, en route, they're denying uh, uh, convoys from reaching the north, and they're making it very difficult for uh, trucks to cross the borders, as we heard from Senator Merkley, whether it's through Rafah crossing the border with Egypt, or where most aid is coming through is the Karam Shalom crossing, which um, uh, is through uh, Israel. Isn't, the other thing to remember, even before all isn't of- Gaza Strip co-run by the Palestinian government? Say that again. Isn't the Gaza Strip like co-governed by Israel and Palestine, like the Palestine? Well, we ministry. know that Hamas uh, is paid for by Netanyahu and a Qatari. Yeah. So, but who has control over, like, who governs the Gaza Strip? The the Hamas people, which is the Palestinian mm-hmm. ministry, right? So, do they not have control over the border? Do they not have control over the border? into the Gaza Strip? Um, from Rafa, they probably don't. the Rafa border. They probably don't. They don't. It's I Israel. Don't think so. I think so. But wouldn't it? Isn't that area co-governed though? I, you're more. You know more about this than I do. So, if if you know. Do you know or? Well, yeah, I saw somewhere that the Palestinian area like of Palestine is co-run or co-governed by Israel and the Palestinian ministry (laughs) because they were talking about the evacuations and that the Palestinian ministry didn't have any say over it. Okay. It's just Israel. Huh. But they should. And do they not have control over the border as well and the ability to let them through? Very interesting. I don't know this happened is Israel had a lot of control over the entry of food into Gaza through a 17-year blockade. Because the question we have to ask, how was Israel able to make 2.2 million people go so hungry so quickly and completely? They were already keeping people on the brink of hunger through the 17-year blockade, making it very difficult for fishers to access the sea. And 50% of people in Gaza before the war were already food insecure. 80% 80% uh, relied on humanitarian aid. I don't recall. Palestinians I, waiting I for humanitarian aid. I don't recall hearing that in the past. Yeah, so he's... Is that true? I, I, don't, I don't believe that's no true. no idea. Okay. Um, but when... Okay, so if they, he's saying... If if what he's saying is true... Stop playing with your mic. Are you bumping into it? No. It's, you're making a noise. Oh. Well, if what he's saying is true, then the Palestinian people would have already been starving. And reliant yes. on eight trucks. Yes, that that is, yeah. So, huh. is that not much different from what is happening right now? I yeah, I suppose not. Uh, hmm. And also, wouldn't they have like other channels of providing aid already established? Rate. If there's been a 17 year blockade, right? Besides <laughs> <Yeah>. just trucks. <laughs> wouldn't yeah, sure. That, I could see that. Yeah. Anyways. Hmm. Can I play you one? Yeah, go ahead. We can we can end this. That's my Gaza. Yeah, it's it's a clips. little slow. I know they were a little long, and the second one she took forever to talk. She yeah, had a dramatic voice. Done more clipping. But yeah, that's fine. I did. I clipped so much out well, of it. Well, not enough. So okay. I'll finish. Go ahead. I'll do a Gaza one too, just to get reference. Rages on in the Gaza Strip. Many just, residents. Just to counteract you, I'm going to also play three minute clip just out of spite. Okay. 
struggle get to, to find... You get to diver, divulge in sweet soul eye. Bud. As the war rages on in the Gaza Strip, many residents struggle to find enough food to feed their families. In what was said to be a way to address their needs, the delivery of humanitarian aid turned tragic. NTD's Jason Perry has the story and a warning. This report contains footage that some viewers may find disturbing. Probably could have got rid of that. Yeah, <laughs> talk about cutting. On Thursday, crowds of people swarmed humanitarian aid trucks as they entered the northern Gaza Strip. An Israeli government spokesperson explained. My understanding thus far is that uh, humanitarian aid vehicles entered the Gaza Strip and were overwhelmed by uh, people attempting to essentially loot. At some point, the trucks were overwhelmed and the people driving the trucks, which were Gazan civilian drivers, uh, plowed into um, the crowds of people. The Hamas-run so no health ministry mm -hmm. reported 104 people were killed while trying to get humanitarian aid. Another Palestinian man said the truck carrying humanitarian aid became a truck carrying the dead and wounded. Some witnesses said that Israeli troops opened fire on people who were waiting for the aid. Situation is surreal and chaotic. If aid is to come to us in this way, we do not want it. Oh. But the IDF says that tanks yeah. were... Oh, I assume just with all the dead bodies, but... No. Not just as trucks. ...there to secure a humanitarian corridor for the aid to be delivered. And they fired warning shots to try to disperse the crowd. When the That's not disclosed, became... by the way. Yeah. And things got out, out of hand. The tank commander decided to retreat to avoid harm to the thousands of Gazans that were there. Department of State spokesperson Matthew Miller said an investigation is underway. Meanwhile, Israel, along with other countries, have been using other methods to get humanitarian aid into the Gaza Strip. This week, several countries, including Israel, the UAE, Jordan, France, and the United States, helped airdrop 160 packages of food and medical supplies to the residents of the southern Gaza Strip. This is where Israel may soon conduct ground operations in the southern Gaza city of Rafah if Hamas does not release the 100-plus hostages by Ramadan. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu gave an update on the latest ceasefire negotiations. It is too early to say, despite our will, if we will get to a deal in the coming days. But one thing is clear, we will not fold in front of the illusory demands from Hamas. Netanyahu has said that once Israel begins ground operations in Rafah, total victory will be weeks away. Jason Perry. So I guess the only thing I could really, oops, the, war the only thing I could extrapolate from that was, at the very least, there was no gunfire, or there was at least well, warning. There, sorry, there was warning. Yes, hundred people died. Uh, there were warning shots of to let people know. I, I don't. But it started on the as the trucks driving through. It wasn't, yes, didn't correct. start with gunfire. Correct. Yeah. Um. The other thing is, the three clips I played never mentioned that Israel is also doing airdrops. Yours mm. did. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, f I found that clip just five minutes ago. Well, <laughs> sorry. Okay. All right. Congratulations. Boom. You are better at this than I am. Boom. Okay. All right. We're going to move on. Yeah. We got French troops. French troops won an itching, begging, pleading, to, uh, pleading on their knees, <laughs> begging to, to go to uh, Ukraine. 
In a bid to rally Western support around Ukraine, French President Emmanuel Macron held a conference with leaders from dozens of countries. He said France would do whatever was needed, for as long as it was needed, to stop Russia winning the war in Ukraine, which could even include sending troops. There is no consensus today to send ground troops in an official, endorsed and sanctioned manner, but in dynamic terms, nothing should be ruled out. We will do whatever it takes to ensure that Russia cannot win this war. Macron announced that a coalition of states will begin to supply Ukraine with longer-range missiles and that Europe will step up provision of ammunition and other essential components such as powder. This as Russia's war on Ukraine begins its third year and Macron is worried that US support for Kyiv is flagging. A 60 billion US dollar aid package is slowly making its way through US Congress and some Republican lawmakers are fiercely opposed to it. And President Trump, who's also against sending further aid, could be re-elected in November. The EU, meanwhile, has delivered less than a third of the shells it has promised. Ukraine warned on Sunday that delayed deliveries of supplies from Western partners is costing lives on the front line, and some 31,000 Ukrainian soldiers have been killed on the battlefield since the start of the war. Both Macron and Zelensky warned that Russia's war is a threat to Europe as a whole. Everything that we do together to defend ourselves from Russian aggression adds security to all our nations for decades ahead, because each of Russia's losses and each of Russia's defeats teaches Russia and any other enemy of Europe and the free world as a whole that aggression does not and cannot get results. This is something that I found very interesting, that the French president wants to send, or is at least willing to consider sending in uh, troops over to, to Ukraine. Uh, he's the only guy on the Hill, by the way, saying this. Uh, here is NTD expressing the other side of the, of, the, of, the, of the coin. French President Emmanuel Macron opened the door of possibility of European nations sending troops to Ukraine, a move met with warning from the Kremlin. This announcement made today has stirred reactions on an international scale. NTD's France correspondent, David Vivez, speaks with a publisher who says both the French public and politicians have been shocked by the president's words. Shocked. I'm oh, shocked, I tell you. Shocked. <laughs> they, President Macron opened the door to European nations to send troops to Ukraine. He said that France could not rule out the potential need for it to ensure Russia does not win the war. This comes after a meeting with European leaders in Paris. Although he's cautioning that there was no consensus at this stage, a quick response from the Kremlin spokesman warning that if NATO members deployed troops in Ukraine, it would make conflict between Russia and the US-led NATO alliance inevitable. Several head of states across Europe, including Germany, Poland, Sweden and Czech Republic, said this was not on the agenda. I've just said that boots on the ground is not an option for the Federal Republic of Germany. It cannot be an option and it will not be an option. Apparently, nobody followed up on it yesterday. At least that's what I know. According to French publisher Régis Le Sommier, the French president's announcement echoes a recent comment he made at the Paris Farm Show, where he said Russia attacked us. But this shouldn't be taken seriously, he said. What do you mean by that? <laughs> Why would he say it Why then? Why would he say it then? <laughs> It doesn't seem serious, because you really get the impression that the head of 10 European countries that met last night don't have the same vision. 
and that Emmanuel Macron is a bit of a pushover. Perhaps he wants to appear as the president of Europe. Several party leaders spanning from far left to nationalists are criticizing Macron's announcement. Opposition leader Marine Le Pen said it sounds very serious to her. The left-wing spokesman calls it a total madness. It was a statement that shocked everyone. Many members of French parliament and politicians have asked for clarification. Okay, I get the, we, we, we get the point. But the, what's interesting is how everyone said, no, are you stupid? You cannot be. We're not doing that. No, we just, no. We just need to make money. That's we don't That's need to. That's it. We don't want to like. We don't actually put people really on the ground. Can you imagine what will happen? No, the outrage. The outrage. The outrage. Um, That'll so it, definitely affect our election years. It's very interesting to see that because I, I have been always keeping. No, it's not true. I haven't always been keeping a tab on France. Why would I? <laughs> but uh, I'm lying, Savannah. Um, yeah. But what I do notice is that France is a a country that wishes to gain more ground in terms of, of how the European Union operates. In fact, so much so that uh, there seems to be a feud between the German and the French, oh. uh, as you're hearing recently in that clip, if you were listening. Well, they're a bit of a pushover. They're, he's a bit of a pushover, no? On top of tourists, France and Germany have two other Ukraine-related disputes, okay. which both tie into wider, long-standing disagreements. The first is overfunding. Essentially, Macron wants the EU to fund its support for Ukraine via so-called defence bonds issued by the EU. In other words, by borrowing money at the EU level rather than at the national level. This was a plan first floated by Estonia earlier this month, but it's not gone down well in Berlin, both because Germany is generally more wary of debt sharing, but also because one of the current German coalition members, the neoliberal FDP, have responded to their declining poll numbers by trying to reassert their fiscally conservative credentials, i.e. by vetoing further spending at the national level and further debt sharing at the EU level. This speaks to a wider disagreement between France and Germany on the issue of debt sharing. The French have always been more open to debt sharing than the Germans, but this divide has widened in the past few years, because at the same time as the German government, or specifically the FDP, has become less keen on the idea, the French, or specifically Macron, have become more keen on it. Since the pandemic, Macron has frequently called for more debt sharing, and only last month he called for eurobonds to fund, quote, major priorities for the future. Macron's reasoning here is that the EU needs more fiscal space, i.e. the ability to borrow more money to afford both the energy transition and greater military spending. And given that most EU members don't have that much fiscal space, this can only be achieved across the EU via debt sharing. I get the sense that this individual is getting tired of getting screwed up by the military industrial complex that we own. Yep. I, to me, it sounds like they're trying to buy weapons that are European made for Europeans, because here's this part two. The third and final Ukraine related dispute is over the extent to which Europe should focus its new defense spending on developing its domestic industry. Essentially, Macron has just argued that instead of buying weapons from places like the US, Europe should spend its new defense budgets developing its own arms industry both because this guarantees Europe a degree of strategic independence and because it's more sustainable. Last year, for example, Ukraine basically bought something like half a million artillery shells from South Korean stockpiles, more than all of Europe combined. Unfortunately, without a European industry to continue the supply, this which, represented which is an probably, you know, that, that's so those South Korean shells are probably our shells that we produce South Korea bought. Yeah. Uh, and... And to some just extent, resold them. just and just resold them for, and they're probably brokers that are that are 
that are if it's South Korea, it's probably more military U.S. military in South Korea. So mm-hmm. those brokers are probably anyways American to begin with. So and and not only that, but it's also the money that was Ukraine got probably at some point or another was used was received from Europe. Um, that that European aid went towards the U.S. to help keep keep propagating uh, some of the military industrial complex uh, schemes that they create. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, it only feels natural that Macron's like, Hey guys, we're getting torched. We need to, we need to buy our own shit with our, we need to make our own, we need to make our own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And actually fund our own, our own projects instead of paying off uncle Sam. Sustainable one-off infusion. And Ukraine is now running out of ammo because the EU has fallen drastically short of its own production targets. Again, this speaks to a wider disagreement between France and Germany over the question of protectionism and free trade. France has always been keener on protectionism, i.e. using the state to protect and develop certain domestic industries, than Germany. But this debate has widened recently, largely because Macron believes that Europe needs to more actively protect its own industry in the face of what he sees as unfair trade practices from both the US and China. I get the sense that, uh, because I haven't really seen this elsewhere, uh, I haven't seen this really brought up into the conversation. This this will be a long first. For, eh, it won't be that long, actually. You know, I did trim it up. I'm pretty proud of that, actually, because it was eight minutes. Wow. Um, but it is interesting that if, if the need to push for European produced armaments in Europe, probably by France, if we're being honest, right? Because the two the two countries are competing, Germany and France. But but in the grand scheme of things, they're competing against the U.S. Yeah. and their companies. Well, they're trying to get away from like the U.S. benefiting or profiting off of anything. Profiting off of them, right? If if we recall Victoria Nuland saying "fuck the EU," yeah, um, they're saying "fuck the U.S." Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's or at least they're trying to. But yeah. we get a weird mix of of Indian Post uh, first post, which I I kind of enjoy because they're just kind of watching from afar. Uh, those crazy Indians. Um, <laughs> but here we go. Here's part one of the German spy scandal. Oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, EU so the European using Union is Russian debating money. a new idea that and a rather is. controversial one. Listen to the EU chief. It is time to start a conversation about using the windfall profits of frozen Russian assets to jointly purchase military equipment for Ukraine. There could. I don't. Re- I don't deem um, this lady Ursula von der Leyen. Uh, who works, I think, on behalf of the EU in terms of, I forget what fucking brand she belongs to. But anyway, she she belongs to uh, a very specific part of the EU mm-hmm. that deals with the sort of uh, European security that, that, that exists, as well as producing green energy for Green New Deals. But uh, what the issue I'm seeing is is that they're probably more involved with, with the military-industrial complex that the U.S. propagates than than that of the European Union, right? Because they're all. I mean, think I think the big wigs are getting their cut. I think that's fair to say. So they would want to. They would be in favor of anything that maintains. It doesn't matter. That. Whatever gets them paid, but they need the money. Is yeah, the point. but they're more they're more aligned with something that would benefit the U.S. versus the EU. Perhaps. Okay. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe that's just my my theory. It could for be wrong. Ukraine. Okay. There could be no stronger symbol, and no greater use for that money than to make Ukraine and all of Europe a safer place to live. Here's what that means. Most central banks and sovereign funds have assets abroad. They invest in foreign currencies or government bonds or simply bank deposits. And Russia was no different. Their central bank, the Russian central bank, 
had assets across the world, in the US, in Europe, in Canada, in Japan, even in Australia and Singapore. The biggest chunk was parked in Western nations. And how much money are we talking about? Around $324 billion, which is 16% of their GDP, $324 billion. When the war broke out, the West decided to freeze this Russian money. So Moscow could not access it anymore. And the message was quite simple. Stop the war and you will get your money back. I, I, oh, I didn't mute. So there's more to that? So the no, I think we're good. Yeah, that's good. So, so they're saying that that's a good thing? That they want to push towards countries being more spread out through the world and intertwined with other countries, so they're less likely Who's to. Who's they? Um, the in EU? your terms, the EU. Well, th- is that what they're saying to put the money towards Ukraine? Yes, and part yes. of that is to well, a, decentralize banks. Well, they also the U.S. money is not coming. Yeah, but like to have to have more foreign funds or more connections to other countries, so you're more intertwined. No, no, they just is that what they're saying? No, they're not. They're just, they're going to sell the assets and or collect all the money that's available, and then use that money as a revenue stream to sell more shit through their country. Sure, through their country or so, the general consensus. So to not be weapons. so intertwined with other countries. No, they're just. What are you? What are you upset? Are, are you hung up on the no, Russia? No, I'm just trying to understand assets in different parts I'm of the world. I'm trying to understand Hold what on, answer my question. Did you are you referring to the Russia owning all these assets around the world? No, I'm trying to understand what they're pushing for. They're, they're trying to get a hold of the money that's that Russia owns. Oh, they want to claim the money. <sighs> yes. Oh, I missed that. She said that. I I missed This is like the whole point of the damn story. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. Literally the title is EU using Russian money. Oh. <laughs> God, Savannah. Okay, sorry. well. Sorry. Uh, Okay, well... Okay, I'm on the same page now. Okay. I'm, I'm in the same so boat. So the new Wake proposal up. is yeah. this. Take the profits from the frozen Russian assets and give them to Ukraine. Oh. It can oh, be used okay. to buy- See, if you had let it play, I would not have had a question. <laughs> I didn't let it play. No, but... but was this... Are you repeating now? No, clip? I, I, I hope I got the right clip. Hold on. Resistance and to- so the new proposal oh, yeah. is this. Okay. Take the profits from the frozen Russian assets and give them to Ukraine. It can be used to buy weapons and later in reconstruction. I know it sounds like an easy solution. Ukraine needs money. The West has frozen money. So why not give it to Kiev? You heard the EU president talk about it. And the US Treasury chief fully agrees with her. In fact, she says it's urgent. I also believe it's necessary and urgent for our... I tried to clean this up, by the way. Yeah, that that's was, awful. Yeah, that's awful. A coalition to find a way to unlock the value of these immobilized assets to support Ukraine's continued resistance and long-term reconstruction. Where we should act together and in a considered way, I believe there is a strong international law, economic, and moral case for moving forward. Sure, but they're just stealing money. Yeah. <laughs> like, what gives them the right? Yeah. Just because, oh, Ukraine needs it. Okay, well, Russia also needs but it's it. Not it's the, Russia's money. It's not money. that Ukraine needs it. It's, no. It's the every, everything else that's going to get propagated, right? Well, yes, all the other countries need it because they're benefiting from all of the continuing the war. So I, I just have the feeling that tr- that France is, is wanting more of those assets for EU itself than it wants to give out to other 
to the U.S. That's that's oh, okay. that's my sentiment behind it, right? It, okay. It, uh, this is now we're we're not deconstructing. This is at this we're this just theorizing. I'm, this is theorizing at this rate. No, only, that's fine. And only because. Uh, well, hold on. Let me make sure. So I wrote here some notes. Perhaps Macron is trying to stir up and or delay the conversation. Oh, no, this is. Uh, yeah. So he's trying to stir up or potentially delay the conversation of taking that money from Russia. So hence creating some sort of uh, like we'll put, you know, Russian troops or we'll put NATO in Ukraine uh, or we'll, you know, we'll we'll do X, Y and Z, all these things that that for some reason these again, this is all the if we're talking about European news and let's say that these European leaders have access to the European news. They they seem to immediately respond with, no, we don't. We don't want to do that uh, because we actually don't want to provoke an issue. Uh, we don't actually want war with you guys, but we just want to make sure we can still sell some shit at the expense of the Ukrainians. And and we're making, you know, the j- bigger jig of it all is that they're, you know, the military industrial complex is, is still. Yeah, but they don't want to push it to where they're actually participating on by top, sending troops. On top of that, we then get a weird a weird one of uh, a German spy Well, the German scandal. government says Russia wiretapped a conversation between senior German officers as they discussed the war in Ukraine. The officers talked about whether Ukraine could use German-made cruise missiles to attack the bridge linking Russia to occupied Crimea. Chancellor Olaf Scholz is calling the leak very serious, and authorities have opened an investigation. It's an explosive leak that is sending shockwaves through Germany's political and military establishment. A recording of a conversation between high-ranking Air Force officers. They talk about this, Taurus, a long-range cruise missile capable of taking out bunkers and other fortified facilities. The officers speak about sending them to Ukraine. They also mention possible targets, including the Kerch Bridge linking Crimea with Russia, seen by Ukraine as a symbol of Russian occupation. One officer allegedly says this. We've looked closely at the bridge. It is unfortunately like a landing strip due to its size. That means it is entirely possible we would need 10 or 20 missiles. It's a major embarrassment for German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. He's promised to get to the bottom of the leak. What's being reported is very serious. That's why it's necessary to begin a very thorough, intensive and rapid investigation. Schultz has so far refused to send tourist missiles to Ukraine, to the frustration of many lawmakers. He's concerned they could be used to hit targets on Russian soil. The recording was posted to social media by Margarita Simonian, the head of Russian state broadcaster RT. Kremlin officials are clearly enjoying the moment. I don't know how to describe what happened, but our NATO colleagues are obviously involved. And I don't know how they will explain that to their own population. Germany's military is scrambling to plug the leak and wondering whether any more of its conversations could have been taped. This is just unusual. Do you, do you hear me okay? Yeah, so, okay. What's what's interesting about this this clip was was um, how, how it's, like, the, even the titling, Russian, Russia leaked... 
uh, uh, clips of, of German soldiers or, or a German German uh, uh, generals, essentially, discussing selling weapons and armaments or acquiring weapons and armaments. However, the, the Russians don't. It just came from from a state media, right from from RT. Uh, but nowhere. The title just seems very even even the initial first minute seemed like it was. I thought they were blaming Russia for it. Yeah. Um, but they're not. And in fact, the Russians are like the way if that guy is, if the translation is correct, the guy almost seems shocked of like, oh, I can't believe I can't believe they would do such a thing. Like like he, you know, and it, it just doesn't seem like like uh, like they were the ones to leak it. It seems like they had acquired it from somewhere else that that were not being told. Um, again, unusual okay. because there's what they're what I'm getting at is that I don't think Russia was the one that, I mean, they're the ones that it leaked in Russia. Sure. But I don't believe that the Russians, which is what they were initially stating, um, the Russian government was the one that, that had conducted espionage on, on these Germans. I like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. Okay. And so it just seems unusual Especially when you go in into the second half, which oh, I hope Sergei Lavrov, the works. Russian foreign minister, it's clear that this plays very much into the hands of the Russian narrative um, surrounding the war in Ukraine. So NATO is unlikely to make any public statements clearly about the details of this uh, of this uh, leak. But what they will try to do is try to isolate it, support the German government in order to try and find out where this came from and what happened. Uh, but they will not comment further on the actual details inside of this because because of the the war of narratives that exists between NATO and the Russian government. And like not even NATO wants to discuss it. My feeling behind this is that France leaked it. Uh, because of the videos that you were playing before. Correct. The, your theory I, I, there. I, I feel like France. Yeah, I feel like France leaked it. What? How, why? What would? Okay, why France? They're first of all they're disparaging, they're disparaging the German government, which it seems like they've been spatting, right? Okay. On top of that, the Taurus missiles will then be heavily watched and scrutinized. At the oh. same time, France sells missiles as well. Oh, so they'd go towards those ones instead of the Taurus. And they, yes, and in one of them, uh, so here we go. Did I already play this clip? I did. So that was all of the clips I have, um, but. France is also selling their own their own missile uh, and the Ukrainians are using it. So, yeah, it's it's just I don't know, man. It just, it's just pretty unusual. Seems um, fishy. It just seems odd. That's yeah. all. And that would explain the EU want, not wanting to talk about it because France is a part of that. Correct. And then it's a it's an internal like conflict. Yes. And then it would make them look weak, I, not I think, united. I think they're fighting over this money. That's that's just what it feels like. I don't know. That's that's uh No, that's an interesting theory. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh do you have some fun ones? I do have something else I wanted to bring up, but I might save it for next next week. I have a quick fun one. It's about it's uh it's in part about Trump. Trump. So this is uh not in a folder, it's just Fox News. Even the sneaker thing. I was on social media <laughs> last night. Very interesting, as you see black support eroding from Joe Biden. This is connecting with black America because they love sneakers, they're into sneakers. They love the, you know, this is a big deal, certainly in, in the inner city. 
So when you have Trump roll out his sneaker line, they're like, wait a minute, this is cool. He's reaching them on a level that defies and is above politics. The culture always trumps politics. And Trump understands culture like no politician I've ever seen. I don't know about you, but I too can be bought by sneakers. <laughs> can you, can, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Let me just excuse every other reason that I have for not voting for this guy, but he came out with a dope looking sneaker. I'm sold. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, I don't really believe that that's. No, no, no. But the phrasing of that. Oh, yeah, sure. They yes. can be bought by a shoe. <laughs> by a shoe, for sure. How condescending is that? Yeah, that's that. that yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> Anyways, that's annoying. That's insane. OK. Um, That's fine. Well, I'm looking for the clip. OK, I do have one more. Um, I think we'll wrap this up and then we'll play the the saxophone music. Uh, Yeah. Let's take a gander. I got a homeless man who dug up Seattle Park with an excavator and has now (laughs) built a cabin there. How did he get an excavator? (laughs) Oh, sorry. No. (laughs) Just that line. He has no intention of leaving. That's it. The whole clip. $15,000 to repair this hillside. Today we talked to the man accused of causing that damage. He says he came right back here because he wants to build a cabin. And despite offers of help and criminal charges, he says he has no intention of leaving. <laughs> Someone offered to help? Someone offered him criminal criminal charges. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a criminal charge? He says nah. he has no intention of leaving. Tucked in the woods of Dr. Rizal Just Park, let it play. this okay. is Stephen Irwin's cabin, complete with beer kegs, a washing machine, several TVs, and this treadmill. Oh Irwin took Como News into his encampment, which he says he plans on expanding. You've got fire, gasoline. Yeah, I'm planning to do renovations <laughs> yeah. when I get back I out of here. Once out I get kitchen. out of the clink, I'm going to update that. I'm going to put an island on the, on the, on the Propane, kerosene, internet wire. live wire. Yeah. Yeah, I'm about to wire uh, 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 sixty uh, Ethernet ports into this baby. It's gonna be work out real nice. I'm gonna get streaming. and flammables nonstop. everywhere. Andrea Suarez does homeless outreach with We Heart Seattle. She's been trying to get Stephen to move indoors. I've even offered to pay for his like first six months of housing, and he just told me that's uh-huh. great, but I'm still gonna keep my cabin in the woods. This cabin is something Stephen. <laughs> The man's dream, am I right? <laughs> he has he been is working indoors. on it for months. He was arrested here back in October for bringing in an excavator from a nearby construction site to dig up the hillside. The city paid thousands to fix the damage, and Irwin was criminally charged. But it didn't take long for him to come back, and this time... This guy is just getting away with it, so I don't know. I don't understand that. His cabin is now far more extensive than any previous camps here. Absolutely frustrated. Yeah, it's it's terrible. We need some civility here. We need some police Admit action. It. Neighbors say that. Yeah, there we go. That's yep. the same. That's the same fucker that probably About said defund the police. Time. Damage will take Jesus. years to undo, and they fear things could get worse before it's resolved. But there's also a risk for him well, yeah. being in that environment. There are smells of kerosene, propane. He's wiring generators of gasoline. There's three different forms of, of fuel down here, and live wires. Hoses are everywhere. It's a ticking time bomb. Is this not public land? Yeah, it's, it's Seattle Park. So, so how can they not just remove him? Also, how long does it take to build a cabin with an excavator? 
No, no, no. He he's wanting to make upgrades. So he, he no, used no, no, the but excavator. The initial building. How long does that take? Oh, by the images, that's uh, a bit. I'm okay, kind of so curious where have... he ran the cables because he's in the middle of the woods in that park. <laughs> where is he connected to? Generators. Mm-hmm. And then he has the propane. No, no, no. He's, he's probably siphoning off electricity. Oh. No, yeah, the, no, no, nearby... no, no, no. They, you're right. Probably a generator. Yeah. But uh, could, uh, why are they just now worried about it? No, I think they just recently found this guy. How how would they? It's a park. How how big are Seattle parks? Guy's busy. No, I know, but it's an ex, it's an excava- excavator. That's yeah. loud. Yeah, That's, he probably parked it back in the night. No, but he didn't build no, this no, overnight. No, 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 no. He had built the home prior to. Yeah, and, and then, then they kicked and him now out. And now he's making upgrades. Uh, yes, they arrested back, him. He went, and then back, he went back, and then he grabbed the excavator. I, and he only this, had it for like a day. All of this doesn't make any sense. It's not meant to be suspicious. No, 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 no. I just, it just is ridiculous. I'll just leave it. And those fire concerns well-founded. Could we have seen some big homeless encampment fires in this area before? What does the city have to say about all this? Well, the park says it is a police issue. I've reached out to Seattle police to see if they are planning to take any sort of enforcement action. have not heard back from them. Irwin, though, to this day claims that he has permission to be doing all of this. And of course, the city says he does not. You know what it is probably? It's probably because the police can't get to it. No, they don't. They don't have the resources. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. They got bigger camps to deal with. This is a consequence of voters actions. No. Yes. Yes. And uh, yes, I was going to say no. Guess you're right. Yes. You're absolutely right. Yep. Okay, it was meant to be more funnier than that. I didn't think you'd get all I think mine was pissed funnier. off about it. Uh, yours just seemed, yeah, yours hit the point of like, um, these guys are turds for assuming black people like a pair of sneakers, which is funny <laughs> in of itself, but. That's crazy. Yeah, that well, is crazy. I like I like the homeless guy first, but. Okay, yeah. You should see the architecture. It's pretty good. I'm I'm impressed. All right, I'm losing my voice. She's very innovative. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm losing my voice. So Savannah, there's if there's anything, well, it's not up yet. It will be done soon because I'm close to finishing it. Yeah. In the Uh, meantime, if you want to reach out to us, that would be really great. Um, I guess the only method is by email. So our emails in the show notes. Um, It's pleb2pleb.podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us if we have, if we are so off base off something. <laughs> Tell us if we're wrong. We probably are. We probably are. Point it out. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, especially if you liked anything that we said too. You, you, you had a good outro. You just had to say your name. Uh, okay. Thank you for listening to Just Plebs. Uh, once again, we really appreciate your help. Man, the audio today is nuts. Low yeah. sounds, high sounds medium sounds everything um, in between yeah we'll need to find a better i'm pretty sure this will be copyrighted if we keep playing this yeah probably but no one's listening so it's fine it's fine uh my name is Rory. i'm savannah you're listening to just plugs and we'll see you next time